hey, this is Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to No Chance with Vince McMahon. How you doing, Vince? Just kidding. You are here at the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans, and we appreciate you joining us for episode 45, our SummerSlam special. Thank you so much. Jeremy's back this week. Happy to have him back. I am your host, the old school wrestling fan, collector, barber, and musician. I got too many hobbies. Talk wrestling, Tim Gilbert, and I am fired up tonight. Let's go, guys. And I'm your host, uh, the architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast and Funko Pop Collector, Andy. I'm also your host, the No Selling Wrestling Indie Fan and Football Lover, Jeremy. I almost forgot my intro there, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Stutter Stutter McGee over here. Um, So, what you'll... (laughs) So, full transparency, we are late on releasing the pod. Guess what happened? I made a stupid error in judgment. We already did. Why is that? Well, we already did the whole SummerSlam pod two days ago, and uh, I had a VPN running while we were recording. And if you guys know what that is, it's something that changes your IP address. I use it to watch the Orioles, guys. Okay, don't judge me because I can't get their channel that they're on. But uh, so basically, that interfered uh, with the upload. That's enough reason. Yeah, I know. We got to do the whole show over again. But I'm fired up. I'm even more fired up than the first time we recorded. So I think it's going to be a good one. Let's go. And what did we uh, learn well, from so this, Tim? Don't have a VPN running. Uh, before we get started on the show today, please. <laughs> before we get started on the show today, please search us on social media at the PW Fan. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, on YouTube, you can find us uh, by searching the PW Fan, where we have a full backlog of episodes, audio and video. And uh, obviously, we're on Spotify and Apple Apple Podcast. If you want to re- leave us a review, T-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. I think that uh, about covers everything. Although we did talk this week about maybe getting a new T-shirt design, which I think we are very much in need of that. Let's get an update. Get some new colors going. Danny, I don't know if you're listening to this. I know you check it out sometimes. He's my graphic design guy. We get some new stuff going. But Andy, I'm going to pass it over to you and let's get this. We got SummerSlam to talk about. We got Ric Flair's last match. We got a new FTW champion and more. So let's see what you got, buddy. Alrighty, let's start with Ric Flair's last match. He uh, he teamed up with Andrade to take on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. At what was it? Starcast. It was like a it Starcast Con- pay per view ran by Conrad Thompson. Yeah, too. Hey, hey, this is Conrad Thompson. <laughs> so the match was kind of long. It was like maybe like a little under a half an hour or so. Uh, if you saw the training videos with Ric Flair and Jay Lethal, he did not look like that. We assume that he came in maybe a little injured, a little hurt from. Possibly all the training and whatnot. Um, the guy, look, the guy's seventy three years old. All right, I don't know how crazy you thought it would be. It was more uh, nostalgia kind yeah. of thing just to see him there and uh, wrestling. You had uh, right in the front row, or maybe second row, according to uh, Mick Foley. You had Undertaker, <laughs> Brett Man, Brett the Hitman Hart, and uh, Mick Foley, along with uh, Undertaker's wife. Um, and Conrad Thompson was there. Charlotte was Conrad's there. Conrad's wife, who is 
one of Ric Flair's daughters. Charlotte was there, but was not shown on camera, at least as far as I know. There was a bunch of people probably backstage or in the audience, I think I read. Um, yeah. So yeah, Ric Flair bled in the match. Um, he, he passed out in the middle of a figure four. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I'm just gonna tell you, tell you, tell it to you straight how how it happened, what happened. Uh, let's get your guys' thoughts though on it. If yeah, you saw like, it, or what you saw? Yeah, I think it was um, kind of like we said before that it was like people were trashing it because I think they just saw clips of like the last probably like five minutes. It's not gonna of it. be amazing. It's not. Yeah, it's like I don't know what they're expecting, but. I mean, it was. It's tough to see the Ric Flair put that figure four in, and and then he's just out on, on the mat. Yeah, it's like it a, it's like a it's like a light switch one, like just flipped off, and he was just like, yeah, he was out. Like, and the ref counted one, two, three, and I was like, well, that's like a double pinfall, then, right? Yeah, but his shoulders were down. Yeah, <laughs> they just ignored that part. Um, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see his last match and that nostalgia part, but I hope he he is actually done now. What do you think? So? How about you, Tim? Um, you know what? I'm kind of in some ways. I was thinking about this earlier today. I am glad that we are re-recording the episode because I've had time for things about this match to settle in a little bit. And so, um, I pretty much thought when I was a kid that like Ric Flair was going to wrestle until he was a very, very old man. So the fact that that this is the way that this happened, I am honestly not surprised at all. Now, I do see where people are coming from. Obviously, if he had stopped after the main event or after the WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels, it would have been the end-all, be-all send-off. I mean, you even had Undertaker kneel down to you at one point in the ring. Um, I see what people are saying. But the fact is, this is Rick's life, and it's Rick's career, and this is what he... If this is what he wants to do to make himself happy, uh, I support it. Yes, it, there was some of the match that was scary to watch, but overall, for a guy that's in his mid-70s, I think he did a great job. And we have to be fair here. This actually is not the most uncommon thing that you would think. You've had guys like uh, Terry Funk. You've had guys like Vern Gagne. You've had Jerry Lawler. There is lots of old wrestlers that wrestled way, way, way later than they should have. And yes, Ric Flair did have a health condition, and he did have a near-death experience. But, you know, if this is what makes him happy, and he's the greatest wrestler of all time, then I'm glad that he did what he did, and he seems to feel good about it. Um, I think for being an old man, he put his heart and soul into the match to the point where he did pass out at the end. If you think about it, that's how much effort he gave. Even though it didn't look great to people, he gave that much heart to the point where he passed out in the match. And yeah, it might be seem foolish or stupid or whatever, but as a wrestling fan and somebody who like has always respected why these guys do this, yeah, they do it for money, okay, Sure. But you're doing this stuff because you're entertaining people. And I appreciate that very much. And Rick, you're 75 years old. You did a great job, dude. Not not that you're ever going to hear this, but I just think it should be said. I think people are being way too harsh on this guy. It's like people are like, well, you disappointed me. I ordered it. 
He's 70 fucking five years old. What did you think was going to happen? Like, you ordered it. You made that choice to order it. You knew what it was going to be. Come on, let's be real. Like, so, you know, I don't know. I think and overall, also it sounded like the rest of the pay-per-view was actually pretty good. Yeah, and there's a great card. You had the Von Erics there. Um, there was AEW stars there. There was, I mean, you've had a, like a, a mix of everybody. And it was a great card overall. And at the end, you get to see Ric Flair wrestle for, you know, half hour. It's like, I don't get why people get so bent out of shape about this kind of stuff. And then they'll claim that they care about his health. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. I think you just try to find something to complain about. Well, I don't know if there's uh, much more, you know, we that. I think you pretty much said what you needed to say. Well, the uh, Twitter thing, the Twitter you know, thing, the tweeter, the tweeter machine gets me angry. I like I saw something today. You know, Ric Flair, he's an emotional guy. He cries and stuff all the time. He posted this thing today. He said, you know, to be the man, you know, classic Ric Flair. And then at the end, he's like, I'm, I really had a good time. I really hope I didn't disappoint you. And the literally the first comment is, "Well, you certainly did." I'm like, "Dude, just shut up!" Like, what? Why? I'm like, "Come on!" I'm like, "It's about expectations," and that guy, whoever said, had him too yeah. high. Well, he thought he was. Have you seen see the guy walk to the ring, even in the WWE? Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> It's a gimmick match. It's you just. It's the nostalgia. You're gonna see Ric Flair do some chops. He'll take a big suplex off the top rope, so everybody will be like, "Oh shit, he's old," and he did the big spot. And then he'll do the figure four, and that's like that's like the modern day old man Ric Flair match. And it's, you knew that that's what you were gonna get, so don't get angry about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you wrap that up perfectly. Um, I think at least here on the podcast, that's exactly how we all feel. So. Um, let's dive into Raw, though, from last well, week. Well, no, just like, I'm, I'm, um, and, and we're gonna get into I Raw, we, and I'm just gonna, we're gonna get into Raw, I'm just gonna say the only reason I sound heated about it is because it's so annoying, it's like the guy, like, puts on, like, a performance as an old man to try to entertain people, and people have the audacity to, to complain about it, and it's just like, dude, just shut up, then, you know what I mean? But anyway, moving on to Raw. No, that's just- I gotcha. Um, yeah, I wish we could talk about Raw that happened this week because what a different show, but we'll get into that next time. Um, so, yeah, the past Raw before SummerSlam. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Uh, anytime there's a pay-per-view, the Raw and the SmackDowns are like the go-home shows. There's not too much going on. Um, however, with this Raw, it was 20 years of Rey Mysterio, so Rey was out in the ring at some point with Dominic. And, uh, you know, he was thanking some of the superstars that helped shape his career, such as Dean Malenko, Edge, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Trying to think who else were some of his his big... Did he say Kurt? Big names. Um, That's why I was just thinking that. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure he did. Because the Um, match... I'm kind of surprised they didn't use, like, the AW guys like they did with... um, Did Edge... Um, um, I just wanted to throw in you what know, his like, first match in WWE was against Kurt. I don't think it was his f- 
maybe it was his first singles match. It was at least his first pay-per-view match, 100%. But SummerSlam 2002, if anybody... I think it was his first seen, singles match, but... Yeah, if anybody's never seen it, SummerSlam 2002... I think it was his first singles match. He gave Angle was a great match. Top of the cage. He debuted by jumping off the top of the cage, but that wasn't a he interfered in the match. His first match, I believe, was against Kurt Angle. Um fantastic match. I mean that pay-per-view all the way through was great. Um so yeah, eventually the Judgment Day attacked uh Ray and Dominic backstage while they're celebrating with their family. And this helped set up their match that was gonna happen at SummerSlam. Um we also had Seth Rollins taking out Riddle, and which caused them to cancel their match. Storyline-wise, Riddle suffered a uh, stinger, and so their match was canceled. They were saying that, you know, Rollins is going to have an opponent, but he ended up not having an opponent at SummerSlam, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But that's about it for Raw. Let's hop into Dynamite. We had a new FTW champion. Um, and unfortunately, no, it's not Danhausen. But Ricky Starks did wrestle Danhausen for the FTW Championship. It he was won. That's close. He won. It wasn't a very long match, but Ricky Starks was not satisfied with it. So he tells the locker room, you know, anyone in the back can come out, basically. And uh, out comes Hook. You know, the crowd, the crowd pops pretty big. Uh, and then we have Hook versus Ricky Starks. And your winner of that match was Hook. He was the new FTW champion. Kind of cool to see because his dad is the one that created the title. Um, even though it's yeah. not an official recognized title, never really has been. Um, but they do defend it on AW television every once in a while. And Ricky gets on the mic, though, afterwards. And even though he lost, you know, talks about how he made that title mean something. And I thought everything he said was uh, absolutely right. Um, last time we recorded, Jeremy was saying, you know, he gives off young rock vibes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. believe you were talking His about. was like, uh, even this one and the one that before, I think the one before more of just like the comedy rock with the, with Dan Housen, with him doing the Dan Housen voice and all that. I thought it was pretty good, but yeah, it's like he was a heel, but he can make immediately switch to a, like a face in this promo. Well, he is a face now because his partner Hobbs attacked him <laughs> after this promo. So, and Hobbs like laid that, Hit right on his head too. You yeah. heard the thud. That's um, really like. Looks, looks like the audience is now behind Starks. I, I really, and and this is like kind of the sleeper of this whole segment. But I really like Hobbs. I think they need to do something with him eventually, man. Yeah. Like he just has got the look. Like there's something there. You got to do something with that. He's a big boy. Yeah. Well, at least one big boy, man. Yeah, this leaves uh, Team Taz like the, all the people involved in a better place now because Ricky starts now as a face. Taz, he's had the title uh, forever. It's about time he he lost it. Yeah, yeah. And then Hobbs is like this stuff. big heel now. So I do really like. Ricky well, obviously Starks. they're not. Is Team Taz a thing anymore? That's a thing. That was Team Taz. Yeah, I don't know what Team Taz is now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Taz, you know, maybe they just become speaking of Taz stars. He is my favorite AEW announcer. He was my favorite SmackDown announcer as a kid. He is so good. Like he is great on commentary. More than JR? I love JR, but JR now he doesn't phone it in. It's because, salty JR. 
It's not that he's salt. I, I mean, yes, he is salty, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's not for lack of trying. I think he is trying. I just don't think he can give the vocalization the oomph that he once did. You know, when he was yelling "Stone Cold, Stone Cold," and his voice is all raspy and he's yelling. I just don't think he can give that same energy anymore. But it's not like I think he's being lazy. I just don't think. Like, I don't think his voice has the capability to do it. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, Taz. I do love Taz as an announcer. I do love Taz announcing. It reminds me of when I was really into wrestling as a kid during the Ruthless Aggression era when he was the commentator for SmackDown. He just sounds so Uh, right. That was kind of my voice. He sounds so good. Yeah, (laughs) he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, him and Excalibur like are just fun to listen to too because they like you can see that they're enjoying it so much. And man with the mask. I know we <laughs> talked about it. Man with the I mask. know, I know we briefly touched on it last week, and we'll move right along after this because I know we're on a tangent. But I just wanted to say that I don't know if we mentioned it. the two Ring of Honor announcers on the show that we talked about last week. They are excellent. I really like them. They are really good wrestling announcers. Yeah, I really like the Ring of Honor announcers. Yeah. They are like legit and they sound great and they are serious and it's not like f- funny. Like they are just like straight up. I like it a lot. It's really good. Yeah. Um, moving right along though, uh, Jungle Boy has been feuding with Christian and he finally, after coming back, cut himself a promo in the ring, bringing up um, Christian's recent uh, Christian's recent divorce. Uh, he didn't go as hard as Christian has been lately, but, you know, that's expected from a babyface, not from a heel to, you know, kind of keep it light. But you still talk to this crap. Um, I think we have said this is probably culminating to uh, All Out the beginning of September. I'm sure they'll save it for that. I don't think it's happening at Quake at the Lake. I hope not, at least. <laughs> Stupid name. Stupid name. Um, but yeah, let's just move right along to the main event of that show. Brian Danielson returned from injury and he, uh, wrestled Daniel Garcia. However, the winner was Daniel Garcia, uh, when he put Brian in a, in a submission and Brian didn't tap, but he did pass out. Yeah. I actually like the ending like that, uh, Daniel Garcia one. Yeah. I mean, both guys. No one comes out weaker in the end. Yeah, you know, and it Brian was like that trend of over. that trend of having young guys as the stars in this episode, really for Dynamite, which is kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, that was that wrapped up uh, Dynamite. I know we're trucking along here. We do have a lot of um, matches to get into when it comes to SummerSlam, SmackDown this week. Uh, opened with Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in like a it was like a shillelagh match or something. I don't think that's what it's called, but that's what they the whole point of it was. They were using um, Irish shillelaghs. Um, and Drew McIntyre defeated Sheamus, and the winner of that match is supposed to face the winner of Roman and Brock from SummerSlam at the Clash at the Castle pay per view overseas. So Drew now has a title shot. And the show closed out with... Oh, real quick for that one. I'll mention what I mentioned when we recorded before about the flag. But I'm just saying it again because I saw that Seamus actually... Or uh, 
Drew McIntyre actually commented on Twitter. He's like, because the flags were not Irish, they were Ivory Coast of the wrong order. And <laughs> McIntyre yeah, was you, like, you think that it was like flipped upside down. Yeah, someone uh, messed it up. But McIntyre posted on Twitter, I think he was like, oh, all of my toughest opponents come from the Ivory Coast. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can make fun of it. Um, now I don't know if the show I can't remember if the show closed with this or not but Paul Heyman had a segment where Brock ended up interrupting him Um, Theory comes out but you know Brock ends up taking Theory out with an F5 and when Theory's out of the ring uh, Drew McIntyre comes out of nowhere and Claymore's Theory into oblivion so um Again, with these go-home shows, guys, there's not much to talk about on the WWE regular television going forward now. Yeah, because we got to get into, when we talk about Trips, we got to talk about Trips trips making a statement, man. And we will. So, right before that, there's one thing to talk about with Rampage, and that is Wheeler Yuta challenged uh, Chris Jericho to match. If Wheeler wins... He gets Jericho's title shot to Moxley. Storyline-wise, it wouldn't make sense, though, for him to win. He's on the same team as Moxley. He's already the pure it'd, ROH. It'd be a good match, but yeah. It'd be a good match. We've seen it before, but Wheeler is better now, I think, than the first time they met. Yeah. At least he's way more over than he was the first time we saw him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's dive right into SummerSlam, guys. Really good opener. We had Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, winner was Bianca Belair. Uh, give me your thoughts. Yeah, it was I know Jeremy said it was your favorite match. Yeah, match of the night for yeah. me. That was like probably the best way they could have opened it. Like I wouldn't have minded even this was the main event, but yeah, this is one of the best openers on WWE's pay per views at least. Because I I think SummerSlam is probably their best pay per view so far this year. We'll see how trip. Triple H does for the rest of the year, but yeah, I think this series so far has already beat everything. How about you, Tim? Um, I just I want to say like this is my favorite match on the card, as from like a professional wrestling standpoint. That's what I'm a fan of is professional wrestling. Uh, this was my favorite match on the card, and you know we'll talk about the Logan Paul match, and he did do a very good job. But I just want to say like. And I, I did say it on the uh, first version of the show that we made that, you know, you had a few, a couple of celebrity matches. You had a very good tag match. You had a really fun over the top main event, but, and, and uh, a couple more in between. But this, for me, was the best professional wrestling match on the show. They did a great job. Awesome match. Round of applause for those, for those ladies. Um- so we talked about Triple H taking over, and this was his first produced pay-per-view or creatively done pay-per-view. Um, since this pay-per-view has happened, um, I'll just mention it now instead of mentioning it next week. They're, what did I text you guys? They're, they're not doing such heavy scripted promos anymore. Yeah. Um, right. What I noticed lately is that they're not really piping in crowd noise as much. So um, you had mentioned you had mentioned that they were going to call it more in the ring. You mentioned that they were going to yeah, call they're it they're calling the it more in the ring now. 
Yep. They're calling it more in the ring now. Um, I'm not sure if they did it at SummerSlam or not, but they definitely did it this past Raw, and we'll get into that next week. And I, and I um, do want to... Ex- the announcers I, feel more loose. I feel like... I feel like if you're a listener of the show, you're probably a pretty car, pretty hardcore wrestling fan. But I do know that we do have some listeners that none, not might be super familiar with insider terms. So, what we're referring to when we say calling in the, in the ring is the spots that they do in the match. The spots that they do in the match, the big, the big moves in the match, or the big parts of the match that they want people to remember. Not all of them are big, but. You know, when they're calling like you know, like a high spot, for instance, that's, you know, someone's going to do some high risk maneuver or something off the top rope, blah, blah, blah. But what we're talking about when we say calling it in the ring, a lot of the times they will talk in the back beforehand about like uh, if you were listening to our episode with bro, you know, some guys are back there and they're talking about, you know, every single detail of their match. Where They know where they know the end goal. Right. They know well, the end goal. And it's just in the ring, they figure out how to get there. Well, like over you the know, years, there's a couple, and maybe certain a, spots are planned out. There's a couple guys that are notorious for Diamond Dallas Page and Macho Man Randy Savage like to have every single one of their spots. They knew exactly what they were going to do before they went out. There's even a story of DDP chasing around Chris Benoit, a whole arena for a whole day, trying to get him to read this piece of paper that had all the spots and Chris just kept being like, no, we'll call it when we're out there. And he was like running away from him. So, um, yeah, when they call it in the ring, it's basically, they're just doing more all the, on the fly stuff. They know where they're going to go. They know what the finish is, but the moves that happen in between, they're talking to each other mid match instead of planning everything out choreographed ahead of time. I just wanted to add that in there because sometimes this is- we just, we just say like, Oh yeah, they, they're going to start doing more spots on the fly. It's like somebody listening might be like, I don't even know what that means. You know? Well, this is the way I, I it just, you know, occurred to me when you're planning everything out forehand and you're playing it heavily, what you're doing isn't, doesn't always match the audience's reaction. So if you call it in the ring, you can go with the audience, you know, Right. Well, if you think like they like might, some people, you know, some people think okay. like, "Oh man, this this match is going to be a banger," and then you start doing this stuff, and they, that crowd in that city or that state or whatever is just like not feeling it. So then you sometimes pivot. You're like, "All right, we're not going to do that. Then we'll do this." But that is, it is a big. But if difference it's heavily in- planned, you don't pivot, and it just is what it is. Right. Um. Yeah, I know we went off there, but. Back to SummerSlam. Bianca won. It's just just important to add because I've had a couple listeners that I cut at the shop just say, like, you know, a little bit more detail on what some of these insider terms would be nice to know. So I I agree. You know, not everybody is like a smart like we are, you know. (laughs) No, you're right. Um, but Bianca won the match. Uh, her and Becky Lynch shook hands afterwards, and all of a sudden you hear Bailey's music. She returned. God, I don't even know how long I spent. It's been a long time though from injury. Um, we mentioned it on the first recording, but God, that walkway down to the ring is super long. She gets about halfway down though. She gets about halfway down though, and then uh, you hear Dakota Kai's music. 
who, if you don't know Dakota Kai, she used to be in NXT, but was released a little while ago, and it looks like Triple H has brought her back. Um, as soon as she meets up with Bailey, though, then you hear Io Shirai's music. Io's been off of NXT TV for a while, but she's super talented. Both ladies are. Um, and it's about time I thought that they got called up. Um, they're more from our favorite era of NXT. They're from the black and gold um, brand. So it's cool to see that they're doing stuff with them. But So Bailey has this new faction, and its name is called Control. I'm excited, to see, I'm excited to see what they do. Um, they were all over TV this past Monday, which I'll get into. Um, but moving I just on wanted to, to say next... real quick, um, I don't know if you guys have Dynamite on, but I just see the effects of Triple H being in control of, of WWE now. Is that th- there's a women's match on on Dynamite, and it's like you know, mm-hmm. eight forty five first hour of the show and it's been on for like 20 minutes so far and they actually are mm-hmm. still going it's a good match so far too i've been keeping it feels it like it's already a change yeah, yeah. it is going to be interesting this is i think now that now things are going to get because now you don't got tony's like a young guy right and he has like young modern ideas yeah. and he's he's progressive in his booking and he was going up against a guy who was like, you know, almost 80 years old, who's like basically out of touch with everything. <laughs> so now I think things will get a little bit more interesting where you got Triple H isn't a young, young yeah. guy, but he's not an elderly person. Like he knows enough to know like what's up, you know? Yeah, but he's, he's more in touch. Right. He's way more in touch. Yeah, and just like because we just talked about the women, we saw this past Monday. I can't wait to talk about it next week. But yeah, yeah, I, um, I just noticed that because you talked about we talked about the women's group uh, debuting. So I was like, oh, this is, feels like a change already from him. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean AEW, he brought back though, someone that Vince released. Like, yeah. AEW though, I mean this is a good match so far, but you're going to need to put out some serious bangers frequently to be able to compete with WWE's women's division. Oh yeah. Well, I, just, I mean, I was this just, is just texting, the start of it. I was just texting my buddy, and he's like, "How's AEW been?" I was like, "Well, I miss seeing on TV uh, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, <laughs> JF." And he's like, "So basically, all the main guys." I was like, "Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, all the main off. guys are gone." Um, but let's get into our next match. We had Logan Paul versus The Miz. Logan Paul has a fifteen million dollar three year contract. That is more than Ronda Rousey. Um, I will say this match, dude's a natural. Uh, he He's very athletic. He used to amateur wrestle in high school, I believe. Uh, the match the match was good. He did a very, very good job um, with some cool spots. Of course, you got to, you know, Miz, Miz was in there, and you got to, you know, give the props to Miz as well for helping this match be good. You know, it doesn't, it takes more than one person to make a good match. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know how often, uh, he's going to wrestle. He was not on roll this past week. Um, but you know, I definitely think they are going to bring him around for some of the bigger events and maybe, maybe he just wrestles at pay-per-views and they just do a storyline every time. I don't know. Yeah. 
But I, uh, I'll say that if, I even if you don't I like him, it. if you saw the match, it was good. He did. Yeah. He's done the best celebrity job I've seen. Yeah, I hate him, but it was good. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Uh, Give the man know, his props. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he gets his props. He did a great job. It hurts my soul to say it, but yeah, he did. Uh, I guess time will tell. Who knows? Look, maybe in like four years from now, I'm like, dude, Logan Paul is sick. I don't know if I'm going to be saying that. I can't picture myself saying that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like my my wife did have a good point because I said, oh, I can't believe this guy is going to be so prominent in wrestling now. It like just irks me. <laughs> and she said, well, she said, well, at least it's not his brother. And I was like, oh, that is true. It is. <laughs> At least it's not his brother. His yeah. brother is way worse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, like, yeah, yeah he, did a, he did a good job. Uh, I think that this would be a great example of, and if you want to go back on looking of some of Ronda Rousey's early matches, um, a, a, a match where they probably had a lot of stuff figured out in the back beforehand. Now, it doesn't make the execution of what he did any less special. I'm just assuming that where he is in his career, he's probably not calling matches in the ring. But everything that he did, you know, the, the you know the moves and the way he did them and the frog splash on the table, like he did a really good job. Like as much as it bothers me, yeah, he he did a good job, man. So props <laughs> to him. Props to him. Unfortunately. <laughs> and if there isn't going to be any calling in the ring, it's going to be the Miz that's calling it. Yeah, the Miz is the gen- The Miz is the man yeah. in that match. He the Miz is probably the guy that we should be thanking yeah. for the match that it was. Well, the Miz the yeah. Miz has that spot. They put him with Bad Bunny, you know, they put him with Logan Paul twice. Um they, every new guy that comes in, they put with the Miz. It was AJ Styles' first match in WWE. Um, well, it was one of them. I think it was Chris. I don't know. They Chris trust Jericho him enough. Was his first match. It was Miz. Chris Jericho was his first feud, but uh, mm, Miz. We'll have to Miz go back. I'm an AJ. I'm, I'm, I'm telling I'm an you, AJ aficionado, buddy. We'll have to go back and look at that. Good housekeeping next week. We'll, 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 we'll check see on who that was next right. week and we'll see who won. <laughs> yeah. I think you're on mute, Andy. Andy, Andy yeah. I tried to look at it real quick, but I would have to do some digging. Oh, you're good. <laughs> but let's get into the next match. We'll do it quickly. Because nothing special. Bobby Lashley versus Theory for the United States Championship. All right. Bobby Lashley wins. Um, it How's was it? a Bobby Lashley match. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just – nothing the, the dude does, you know, does it, it doesn't do anything for me. He, he never has. Theory doesn't either. So you put two yeah. guys in there that I really don't care too much about, like that's that's my opinion. Yeah. Which some people, yeah. you know, other than like everyone, I just don't, dude. Some people yeah. think theory is like the second coming, so I don't get that. But there are people that Who? think he's, he might be. But like there Roman said, partic- your daddy's not here no more. So there, there is a particular controversial <laughs> podcaster that thinks that this man will be a huge star 
and I I don't disagree with him very often, but I'm not seeing who. it. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> well, imagine who that. Is. <laughs> Motherfucker! All right. Anyway, you can like you can like it. All right. Look like um, All right anyway. So after that, <laughs> um, all right. So we, after that, we had a tag team match, no disqualification. The Mysterious versus Judgment Day. Um, big takeaway from this match was that Edge returned after um, being betrayed by the Judgment Day. Came out to a brute entrance. Um, Tim thought he was wearing tights, but it was just some weird. Black pants, <laughs> some weird jeans, like Doc some Martins, and jeans with a lightning bolt on it. He runs. He runs down though the long walkway. Uh, gives Damian Priest a big boot. Goes in the ring. Spears Balor, Spears Priest. Um, the Mysterios get a double six one nine on Balor, and they go home with the wind. The wind with the win. The win. Did you? We do wind. Did you guys? Yeah, go on with the wind. Um, did you guys see that? Uh, <laughs> uh, that picture I sent today in the group chat of for the pod that was like Edge, but he looked like the South Park PC police bro. He had like the sunglasses <laughs> yeah. on. He's <laughs> like, dude, yeah, I'm you telling you, Edge. Like, I know we'll talk about. It. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week too with the raw, but. I'm like, Raw, he looks so weird. Like, I don't know what his face was happening. Like, his eyes were bugging out. And he just looked insane. Oh, yeah, that's what you were saying. He's got to be, he's got to be bummed he can't pull his hair off, right? Like, I'm thinking, like, he's got to, like, that's got to bum him out. Well, he, uh, he had, like, the slick back hair when he was in the Judgment Day. It was, like, buzz shaved on the sides, but... I don't know, Tim, you're the barber. Um, it's just, it's Edge, man. Edge. But it looks like he just like, hair. Now he just looks it's like, looks it's like, like Shawn Michaels bald. It's like, ah. Oh. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, he just looks like how he did when he had short hair and he was acting all the time. Um, or when he came back and uh, they had his throat on the ramp for C- and Cena was in the ring. If you and they made him look like a frail old oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stomp his neck. Anyway, our that next was match just, was that was just uh, character before he came back. He was like the guy that would get like you don't want to paralyze him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So our next match was another "quote unquote" celebrity match. It was Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Uh, Pat McAfee comes out and has this Nashville choir singing "Bung Mass Corbin" the whole time. Corbin's like, "Why the hell is there a choir here?" <laughs> something like that, right, Jeremy? Yeah, that was during like his entrance when he like was about to be in the ring, and then he stopped and he was like, "Why is there a choir singing this?" Yeah, singing "Bung Mass Corbin" the whole time. Um, if you've seen one Pat McAfee match, you've seen them all. You know he does a good job. Uh, Corbin is what made it work, just yeah. like his match with Theory, and just like his matches with Adam Cole. He won Corbin with, the, with the, the like 
he won with a very. I forget weird, how he won. It was so he did a did a jump. He jumped off the second rope, and then did a like kind of like a a, a, f- a front kind of like flip maneuver, like a John Cena kind of like awkwardy like thing where he would like put him in that pin, and he like that rolled him up into the Canadian he, destroyer. It was almost like a Canadian destroyer, but he like jumped farther and like rolled him up. Oh and, yeah. It was- he like almost didn't make it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Th- this was probably the sloppiest Pat McAfee match he's had. Yeah, worse than the Vince McMahon one. Oh, really? Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> I saw it with my eyes. It was. It was. It was a thing. <laughs> Goddamn, pal! People don't forget WWE. People don't forget. <laughs> Fucking kicked a football at him. God damn. <laughs> Stupid. Um, well, let's get into some actual wrestling. The Usos versus the Street Profits Undisputed Tag Team Championship match. Um, very good match. Best tag match on the show, even though there was only two. Uh, I said this in our first recording. I enjoyed their Money in the Bank match more. I thought it was better. But this was still a very, very good match. Um, you got to see Angelo Dawkins freaking front flip over the ropes, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Didn't even know he could do that. Yeah. Um, but yes, the Usos pick up the win after, you know, the whole storyline was at Money in the Bank. There was like a controversial win because Montez Ford's shoulder was up. So this, you know, solidified them, uh, the feud. But yes, the Usos retain their titles. What you guys think of the match? Yeah, kind of how we said, I guess, last recording, but it just wasn't as good as like their first match they had together for the title. No good match. Just not. Yeah, it was still a good match. It's just like compared to that, it wasn't. You know, that one was like I don't know. I would say like that last match they had was a five star match, but this one was like four, which is still really good. But it's just compared to a five star. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm being completely honest here, I I love both the teams. I would even say, okay, this might be a hot take, but like, if I'm thinking about my favorite tag teams currently in wrestling, I'm not talking. Take, I am the Senate. All right. Anyway, um, so if if I am (laughs) if I'm like doing current tag teams, I think I'm going FTR number one, Usos number two, of course. And then you're going to, in like all kind of the same category, I'm going to put the Bucks, the Street Profits, and uh, Proud and Powerful. The Bucks? Yeah, Street I know. See, that, see, very, that's, very see that's, that's my hot take. I think that the Usos are a better tag team than the Bucks. It's different. The styles are not the same. But... After watching so much of both, what about like Lucha think, Bros? See, I like them a lot too, but I think the Usos do that that classic tag team style wrestling that I like. Where when you have a Lucha Bros match yeah. and like the Bucks, it's amazing, and you're like, "Holy shit, they're doing the craziest stuff!" But it's almost like its own thing, you know? Like I've, I've kind of. Because no one can do that like they can. Yeah. Like so, they're like the only people that can do that. You know, besides like other luchadors. 
Yeah, I'm trying to I thought, trying to think I thought of it was a good another match. really good tag team. <laughs> I mean, the Usos <laughs> in the New Day used to have great matches. They would put them on the pre-show and steal the show. I mean, oh yeah, I remember that. But the book and New Day is weird right now, so I can't say at the current moment they're like the best tag teams. My God, Matt Hardy just um, out. He looks awful. No, I, I agree with that too. Fat yeah, I was just gonna say, he, he, yeah, he put on some weight, and then he's also tanned for no reason. Oh, God. He's so got like cool. this weird blue cool tank top um, on. Yeah. So our know, next segment is it the felt? It's not a good look. Oh no! Never mind. His shirts were always like felt. So <laughs> weird. Um. They look like they would just get a hot as shit, like you're wearing a short sleeve sweater. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our next segment in the show was not a match. It was uh, a brawl between Riddle and Seth Rollins, which I think I, I think I've read that they're saving this match for Clash at the Castle. You know, it puts matches on the pay-per-view. This was already a pretty big card, um, and they would have had to take time away from other matches. So I'll get right into that because speaking of taking time away, we had Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Because the Logan Paul and Miz match went long, and it did go long, um, but you know Logan was in there hanging, uh, they cut this match to about four to five minutes. The winner was Liv Morgan, and it was a controversial finish. Uh, Liv was in the armbar from Ronda. But Ronda's shoulders were down, and the ref counted uh, to three. And as he's counting, uh, Liv is tapping on um, <clears throat> one of Ronda's legs, but the ref doesn't see it. So I'm wondering if it's going to get, you know, if they're going to wrestle again at another pay-per-view. But I guess we'll see. I there hasn't been a SmackDown since SummerSlam. Yeah. So I guess we'll see um, what exactly happens I mean, it seems week. like it because yeah. Ronda turned full heel, and then also that's uh, right. And I forgot to mention last time that we recorded, <laughs> and you had to, I'd be like, "Oh yeah." So yes, afterwards she attacked uh, Liv. She attacked the ref and got quote unquote fined. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention before at the beginning of this SummerSlam stuff um, with the Becky and Bianca match is Becky, uh, injured her shoulder in the match and she will be out for a couple months. Did we, we shared that picture with one another, right? Of her yeah. shoulder injury. Yeah. Oh, it looks so gnarly. I was wondering when it happened. And I saw the picture. Yeah, I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Did, what did it pop out of place or something? Yeah. yeah. It was a separated shoulder. Yeah. It looked gnarly. Um, so yeah, Ronda Rousey is now, is now a heel. I think when she came back, they th- she thought she was going to be a heel, and then they just told her to keep smiling and stuff, and she's like... She doesn't like the I fans she anyways. Uh-uh. She likes being a heel better. Yeah. Um, so I guess she got what she wanted, but let's get into our main event. Uh, a lot went on in this match. It was over the top. It was enjoyable, though. It was just wild. Um, it Roman was, came it out was, first. It was, it for was the, a very WWE... You know, we talk a lot about on the show the differences. It was sports entertainment, wrestling, and sports entertainment. Yeah, it was an entertaining match. It was more. This this is the type of stuff from when I was a kid that I would have been like, "Oh my god!" You know, so it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think I would have been in, out of my seat like the fans there if I was there in person. Yeah. Right. They yeah, yeah. some of the stuff they freaking freaked out for. Yeah. Um. So Roman comes out first, and then Brock comes out. Brock walks a little bit down that walkway, but turns around and gets into this big ass tractor, and he uh, drives it all the way up into the ring and climbs it. Grabs a mic. He's sitting on uh, I don't know what to call it, but it's I'm gonna call it a scooper, man. All right, <laughs> whatever it is, sitting on the scooper of the tractor. Uh, scoop plow, <laughs> plow. Yeah. You know the scooper, scooper. plow. <laughs> it's a technical term. Scoops. Um, he does yeah. his own introduction though, and then we talked about this before. Tosses the mic to Roman. Roman never breaks eye contact with him. Just catches that thing with ease. Gives Brock a little wink. Yeah. And I forgot this. I didn't mention before when we recorded, but after I saw a clip. Uh, I think maybe today. Uh, I forgot the match started with Brock jumping off of the plow and uh, landing like on the reins. Basically, did like very, which you never see Brock jump off of anything. So very reminiscent, reminiscent, very reminiscent of. I think it was, and you know me. Oh, Grandpa's got to tell a story from back in the day. But uh, 2003, Did I think. Wrestling? Yeah, back when wrestling. Stu Hart comes on. He's like, yeah, back when uh, wrestling was good. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but in 2003, where uh, Brock and him. Brock and, and him. Pronouns, pal. Brock and the big show used <laughs> did a uh, a stretcher match. And Brock brought a forklift down to the ring and jumped off the top of the forklift and did like a cross body onto the big shot. Uh, so it was kind of a throwback. I that remember the circuit cool. match. I don't. I just don't. Remember that. Yeah, that was a cool. It was for me. I was like, I was, that, I was like, oh man, that brings me back. Oh, dude, I don't even remember. I have it on DVD. But uh, let's. But uh, yeah, it was a good match. Not VHS. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have it on. Uh, it may have been Judgment Day if I think about it hard enough. <laughs> Maybe it can bring both of those young guys into the hard dungeon. Show them a couple of moves. Stretch him out. Stretch him out a little bit. Um, Alright. I, I want to talk about some of the spots in this match. Uh, my favorite. Um, Brock... F5 Thank you, Paul Stu. Heyman through the announce table. Stu will be back for next week's episode. <laughs> Brock F5 Paul Heyman through announce table, and Paul Heyman was out the rest of the match when that happened. Um, I, I laughed audibly. I thought it was hilarious. Um, there was multiple F5s done, but he could not put Roman down. Um, at one point, Brock hops back into the uh, tractor and starts ramming the ring. Eventually, he uses the scooper to scoop up the ring. He lifts it up, and uh, it's at a big old angle, and Roman rolls down. I said this before. I would be so mad if I was there front row, and now you're just blocking my vision to the entire rest of the match. Because that ring did not go down the whole match. That yeah, that that ring did not go down the entire time. Um, yeah. 
So you know, I don't know how was, they saw it, you know. Back when I was running my own promotion in Calgary, if we had done that in Stampede Wrestling, the fans would have been very upset. And and, and Brett would have let me have it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a cool spot. Um, that was just like the, it was just like a bizarre. Weird, no, like, I never seen Nashville that tractor lift out. up a ring. I didn't even know they rings could it. lift like that. I mean, it's a country town. They and they thought that shit was awesome. Yeah. Um, but eventually, the Usos interfere, of course, and Theory comes out. And attempts to cash in like he had been saying for weeks and weeks that he would, but he doesn't get a chance to. He uh, he hits Roman with um, the briefcase, but then I believe Brock takes him down. Um, after multiple attempts though to get Brock down, nothing really works, and it takes uh, him getting buried under chairs and stairs and announced table pieces in order to, uh, you know, not be able to get up. And get that last man standing ten count. Roman stands victorious above him, holds up the title. Um, and yeah, that wrapped up the match. Uh, Tim believes, and now I'm starting to believe more and more. It might be a long, long time until we see Brock again. You know, what would be the point of bringing him back if it's not for a yeah, title shot? Sense. And they're not going to do him versus Roman again anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You need a star that's not Roman Reigns that is big enough now to where is he going to face Lashley? No. He already did that. Is he going to face Goldberg again? No. You don't want to see that again. I mean, let's be honest. The only time he ever came back for a match that was a single. Okay, maybe Cody when Cody's was Dean Ambrose. That's the only time I can think of. Other than that, it's always been for a title. If he wasn't already the champion, yeah, I mean he had the yeah because the match with AJ and Balor were both. He was the champion the right? time. Right, right, right. And Balor's was for the championship. He it, had it, a great run. I mean, his lat. He has been. He came back in 2012, which is God so crazy. I remember the night he came back, and. You know, John Cena was basically talking about how he had done everything. And, dude, it's been 10 years. So his return from Extreme Rules, he had his first match back at Extreme Rules 2012 where he basically beat the shit out of John Cena and gave him, like, an elbow for real in the head. And since then, I mean, from ending the Undertaker streak all the way to now, his, his return, his return, I mean, has been... Way crazier than his original WWE. When he returned, was he on TV all the time for a while, and then it went to part time, or was he always kind of part time? He was like part time. Part time when he came back, but then he would show up. But then, like every time he showed up, though, to their credit, it felt like a big deal because he came back. He beat up Cena, then he beat up uh, Triple H, and then he like broke broke. Shawn Michaels' arm, and then he did the Taker feud. He's he had a lot. He had a CM Punk feud. He had a f- dude. He had like in his last ten years, he's had some really good runs with opponents. Oh, another match he came back for that wasn't a title match: him versus Randy Orton when he busted Randy Orton open at SummerSlam. Yeah, 
Me and Tim were watching that. I remember. We were, uh, what yeah, that the was weird. fuck is that? Was, that's when uh, Chris. That's when uh, Chris Jericho apparently almost Jericho, he's Brock like, he's like, what the fuck was that? And then and Brock said, grabbed him and said, "Fight me or kiss yeah. me." And then Vince, and no, Vince grabbed him and fight me or kiss me. And then Jericho, uh, he said, "Was that a work or was that real?" And then uh, apparently Vince Vince McMahon grabbed Chris Jericho and said, "It was a work, you idiot." Yeah, Jericho, like, I think he recently just talked about that again, and he was like, I would have bitten Brock's nose off. Because he was like, he could have beaten me up. But I, Jericho, I mean, Jericho nose. doesn't back down from stuff. He, I believe it. Jericho apparently is... Yeah, he, apparently he's just... Apparently he's yeah. a scrappy man. He's only, like... Like, and we're all, I, th- I think, around the same height. I'm 5'8 on a lucky day. But like he's not that much taller than us, and he's he's a little pit bull man. He'll he'll get in your face even when he knows he's gonna get that ass yeah. beat. You know, I don't know how we got here after wrapping up SummerSlam, but that does it, boys. <laughs> but also just to to wrap it up, well, uh, I just saw Jungle Boy is wearing a shirt that ooh, says Christian is a pussy for him. Ugh. I don't like. I don't know how I feel yeah. about edgy Jungle Boy. <laughs> Like he's like oh he's like oh Christian is Christian's gonna be like edgy oh I'm gonna be edgy and it just like doesn't work I don't know fancy yeah, before we wrap it up object, before, before we wrap it up the AEW fan before we wrap it up I do want to get your guys opinion on those crazy Vince McMahon shirts on WWE shop if you haven't seen this as a listener I couldn't believe that was on WWE. No, I went okay, so, up and looked up so Vince McMahon. They're, they're real. They're under his name. <laughs> wow. I, I don't I think we should ask. Say, I think some of them came out. out. There's so there's these three shirts that basically are all calling Vince McMahon like the devil and evil and like all this stuff. I think that they were made before all this stuff happened. It's just the context of like where it is now. Like it's just like they not a good be. look. Yeah, like it just it just lines up really bad. But yeah, that wraps up SummerSlam. Yeah. Sorry for the delay, everybody. Hold we're on, get this hold, out on for hold on, you. hold on. Um, you should have it out by. Okay, I got the I got them in front of me. I'm just gonna say what each one says. You all can look at their own pictures. All right, first one says billion dollar asshole. Okay. The next one's a WrestleMania shirt, and it says, okay. I've never been cool. I don't give a shit about that. And then the last one says, if people think I'm an asshole. <laughs> the last one says, if people think I'm an asshole, congratulations, I am. And it's a red Vince McMahon's face with devil horns. <laughs> Worst timing ever. Yeah, the timing is just not good. I'm not going to lie. I might need to buy one, though. <laughs> Before uh, they get they get ba- they get buried forever, no one will ever see them again. Um, sorry, sorry for interrupting your wrap up, Tim. But yeah, you know, thank you all so much for watching. No, you're fine. I just wanted to say thank you all so much for watching, and sorry for the delay. Uh, it's Wednesday night as we record. If you're listening to this, it's probably Thursday around midday or afternoon, and we appreciate you all so much. Uh, enjoy if you watched AEW Dynamite tonight. I hope you enjoyed it, and we will catch you next week. Go enjoy some wrestling. Have a great week. Go watch some old school wrestling, and we will catch you next time. Thank you from the PW fan. Great
Agreement. Yeah.